Know Your Food Podcast, Episode 87. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 87. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Welcome everyone. Today's show is a little bit of a departure from the norm and you'll see why soon. Uh, It's a really fun one for me to do and I'm excited to share it with you. Let's start with the tip of the week. And this is actually a tip of the week that comes from our guest, Nathan. I'll tell you more about him coming up. You can find it on his um, podcast. He has uh, several, he's going to talk about this, but he has several um, shows that come out each week possibly even every day, and they all have a different theme. So this is the one that's the tip of the week. And you can find it at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash rethink start. And here's what it is. Um, Several weeks ago, I shared with you how it's helpful to wake up in the morning and take your inner bath, which is something I learned from um, a podcast by Sean Stevenson. Well, Nathan does that as well, but he adds something, and I think I'm going to do this. What you do is you fill your glass of water, or if you're using uh, lemon water like I am, um, you fill it, but before actually drinking it, you put some in your mouth and you swish around and spit out. You clean your mouth first thing in the day. And the reason, Nathan says, is because during the night you're breathing in and out, things are coming in and out of your mouth, possibly bacteria is growing, dust, whatever. So, you know, maybe even before you try to swallow, you wake up, you know, go to the bathroom, come out, get yourself a drink, but don't drink yet. Do a, do a swish and gargle a couple times, then have your glass of water. So it's a great tip. And I just learned it today. So it's too late for me to do upon waking today, but I'll be giving it a start. And you can hear a lot more about the idea behind this at Nathan's own tip of the week podcast. And I've got an easy link for you knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash rethink start. So take a listen to that and give it a try. Our listener question today comes from Lara. She says, I had an awful reaction to Ultimate Flora Women's Probiotic 15 billion. And after reading one of your articles, I stopped taking it because I realized that the die off was way too much all at once. I had migraines and fatigue for six days until I stopped taking them. My brain felt like it was inflamed. Now the headaches are almost gone, but I feel so sick and nauseous and bloated. And she threw up the morning she wrote this. So I want to continue with probiotics, but I'm nervous with what amount I should start with. Can I open up the capsules? And what do I do with the powder once it's open? Also, I read about neurotoxicity and that freaked me out. Could that happen with taking probiotics? Any help would be appreciated. I'm so glad I found your site. I will be following your guidelines the best I can. Okay, Lara, well, I have some suggestions for you. Um, not to promise I can solve this because, of course, your um, your care is, you know, in your hands and, and God's hands. And I, I, can, I can give suggestions, um, but I may not be correct. And of course, I'm not a doctor. So take it all with a grain of salt. And as you're doing, continue to do your own research and make educated decisions. So 
you said you were reading one of our articles. I don't know if it's the one that I'm going to point you to or not. Um, if you have read it already, then here's just a quick recap and maybe benefit for others. But if you go to our article called um, Probiotics, Taking It Slowly, that link is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash slowly. I made a link for you there. Well, um, that explains some things about taking probiotics. And it's definitely, I mean, people have die off. Um, that's, it's, um, it's what happens. Probiotics cause you to detoxify. Um, you take them and if you have an overgrowth of pathogens or undesirables in your body, they produce, they kind of fight back and they produce toxins. So they're, they're being, um, they're feeling the onslaught from the good guys you're taking. They're producing toxins and that's what makes you sick, nauseous, um, like you're doing bloated, um, feeling unwell, fatigue. So that's definitely typical, especially in people who have compromised gut flora. So taking it slowly is pretty much the, 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 the most important thing to do when you start with probiotics. And yes, you can definitely open those capsules. Um, you could start with a few grains if, you're, if your die-off was so severe. You could start with a quarter capsule. And in the... Um, in this article, Mindy, the author who went through some similar experiences, she points out a couple things. Like if you're eating probiotic foods, they can be extremely detoxifying themselves. So you want to keep that in mind when you're adding probiotics from a capsule that, um, you know, you're already getting probiotics. So go even more slowly. Also, don't increase too frequently. Like maybe every day is too frequently. Maybe you want to increase every week or every two weeks. So you can take it very slowly. And as for that extra powder, you could just put it in a, um, like a small jar, seal it up. You could do a Ziploc bag or, you know, not if you're very concerned about the plastic, um, but just keep it airtight and then just take more out when you're ready. So there's more information about this die off, um, at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash slowly. But you mentioned this neurotoxicity, which actually was brand new to me, but I found an article by my friend, uh, Mommy Potamus, Heather. She's at mommypotamus.com. I've got um, a link in the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 87. I've got a link to this article. And she talks about how um, probiotics that are heavy on one strain, L-acidophilus, are implicated not only in the typical die-off we were talking about, but they're implicated in acidosis, which is the um, neurotoxicity. So, for instance, she's got examples of children who've been given L-acidophilus in megadoses for months at a time, and these children develop um, neurotoxicity. So they may be having seizures. Anyway, they're just very ill. Well, she's given us a couple reason, a couple ways to kind of weigh this out. So die-off typically lasts three to seven days. So, you know, you said you started taking this probiotic, and you were very ill after five days. Well, that's still within the realm of normal die-off. It's not necessarily you have toxicity. Uh, you could, um, but you know, you, it's still too soon to tell. And what I should have done, and I didn't, um, is to look up your particular probiotic strain. But see, the neurotoxicity is implicated, at least in Heather's research, when people were taking megadoses of that one strain, L-acidophilus. Your Ultimate Flora Women's Probiotic may contain multiple strains, just like the one that I recommend is called BioCult. It's multiple strains. Um, and acidosis has not been implicated, from what I read, um, um, in this kind of a probiotic. It doesn't mean it couldn't. It's just... Um, 
you know, the neurotoxicity is really coming up when people are doing mega doses of the one. So I really hope you get to the bottom of this. I would, I would suggest that rather than uh, jumping to the neurotoxicity conclusion, um, though, once again, not a doctor, this is your choice to make, that you just back it off, way back it off to a couple grains of the probiotic even, or, 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 um, 25% of a capsule at a time and just stick with that. And of course, watch the amount in your food. So if you'd like to discuss this more, uh, Lara, feel free at the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 87. And of course, I'll have links there to the two articles that I've been discussing in my answer to you. I'm going to take a quick break and then I will be back to introduce you to our guest. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at Ganalflins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you, too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com slash free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it, too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So, if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com slash free today. Well, I burst the bubble already by using Nathan's tip tip of the week on his podcast for the tip of the week on this one, but it was just so good. And I want to tell you more about Nathan. He is from RethinkTrueHealth.com. He has a daily podcast. And I met Nathan because he asked me to be a guest on his podcast. And that was very fun. We talked about um, gut healing and whether grains are okay and just the different... um, I don't know how we got into it, but I started sharing about the things that I've learned in the past couple of years about being more healthy myself because of the, the, the stresses of, um, you know, we all have stresses and my particular stresses led me to a place where I wasn't that healthy. And so just the things that I've done to get more healthy, um, both physically and mentally. So it was great. And Nathan is a great host. We had a great conversation. So I and he's a proponent of uh, traditional foods, all kinds of all kinds of things in the natural health field, especially um, well, especially of interest to me to talk about today is fitness. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about fitness. I'm excited because we've never talked about that before on this show, and it's so important. It's been a key part of my own um, healing the last couple of years. So just a tiny bit about him. He has an organic chemistry background. He worked for 13 years in a chemistry lab. And during his time doing this oncology research, he found it ironic that while he was trying to find the cure for cancer, all the chemicals he was working with were probably going to give him cancer. So that's when he made the decision to leave the corporate world and to seek true health and wellness. And he's going to tell us a lot more about where that path has taken him, what he's learned, and just, you know, advice he's going to give us about fitness. So, uh, you know, you're just really going to enjoy this. So I'm going to turn now to my interview. And if you have any comments or questions for Nathan, be sure to visit the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 87, where you'll find links and more, plus the chance to ask questions. Hey, everyone, this is Wardy, and I'm here today with Nathan Brameyer. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Wardy. Thanks so much for having me on today. Oh, this is going to be great. I am so excited 
um, I was so excited to be your guest on your podcast. And then it was just obvious that I just had to have you on so we could talk about what you do, which is something we haven't talked about before on Know Your Food with Warty. It's going to be fitness and a particular kind of fitness. So before we burst that bubble, um, just tell us about yourself. Sure. Uh, so I started off as a child. Um, I'm sorry, that was an old Bill Cosby bit. Um, but really, I, it goes back to where I started off in science. And I originally started off in organic chemistry. And right away, I kind of knew it wasn't for me, but I didn't really know what else to do. So I just kind of went through, went to grad school, ended up moving out to California from the Midwest. And I got a job in the pharmaceutical business. I was there for about eight years. And again, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I've always been kind of interested in how the body worked and uh, what, what foods, how they can affect the body. So I started going back to school for nutrition and I was actually pretty disappointed with the curriculum because it was more based on clinical uh, studies. You know, if, if you have this wrong with you, take that. If you have that wrong with you, then take this. It was a this for that allopathic approach. And I started noticing in this, at the same time when I was uh, doing the pharmaceutical work that here I am trying to find the cure for cancer because I was in the oncology department and I thought it was ironic that all the stuff that I'm working with, well, it's going to give me cancer. And I knew there had to be a better way besides that uh, allopathic approach to medicine and health. So I started kind of seeking things out on my own. And that led me to just a, a whole world of fitness, nutrition, and it opened up my eyes. You know, I really got started with uh, Paul Check uh, for fitness and then for nutrition, uh, Bowman College out in California. And, of course, Sally Fallon, you had mentioned her on uh, our interview. You know, I, I came across her book, Nourishing Traditions, and that's really where it started for me, is that health is more about seeking your own health instead of relying on somebody else for your health. And that's kind of where it started for me. Great. Yeah. I think, um, you, though we all have the thing in particular that opens our eyes, mm -hmm. I think it's true across the board that we kind of just run into a wall. Either something doesn't resonate with us, like right. this can't be the solution, or we have a health problem. And... Um, that's a good thing. It's a good thing we run into those because well, then we can change path and we can go the right way. So Right, exactly. And you had mentioned uh, when we were doing our interview that it's certain obstacles that come across. Uh, you know, it's kind of all part of God's plan where he sets, he gives certain things to you so that it helps you grow. And that's kind of what it did for me. You know, I, I, I'm thankful uh, as, as much as I didn't enjoy my time doing chemistry I'm very thankful for that background because it, it gave me a really intimate understanding of how the body works. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So now let's, let's open up the doors here and right. talk about your particular specialty, right. which is CrossFit. CrossFit. And I yes. didn't even mention that. Sorry. No, you didn't, which was good because then we can just surprise everybody with it. Although right. if they've read the title, you know, of this <laughs> podcast or yes. heard what I said before our interview, you know, they'll know. But anyway, we're going to talk about CrossFit. All right. And I, we've never talked about CrossFit before on this podcast, but also like I and my husband, um, we're new to CrossFit, and I wouldn't say we do CrossFit, but we sure enjoy watching it. But a year ago, I didn't know what CrossFit was. Yeah. Probably even less than a year. It's probably nine months. So 
not talk to the me nine months ago and everybody mm-hmm. else out there who right. does not know what CrossFit is. Give us the rundown. Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, CrossFit's different than what you see on TV. If you have seen it on TV, that can be very, very intimidating. And I think what people need to realize is that it is the absolute elite of the elite that are doing it on uh, television. So CrossFit in a nutshell just takes the best components of endurance training like running, rowing, uh, takes the best of gymnastics movements like squats, pull-ups, sit-ups, uh, even like handstand push-ups, those sorts of things. It takes the best of Olympic lifting, uh, cleans, clean and jerks, snatches, the, sing- the things you see on Olympic uh, TV, and also weight training in terms of kettlebells, uh, medicine balls. It takes all of these different components and it adds them together because really the body's not designed to just sit down in a chair and start moving weight. You're designed to work as one complete unit. And that's what CrossFit does for you. So when you first hear about CrossFit, people are shocked to hear how short the workouts are. Most workouts are literally about 8 to 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Not saying, you know, obviously you want to warm up a little bit, you want to stretch out a little bit beforehand, but then the actual workouts themselves are short. The body is really designed to work out short periods of high intensity. And that's why people are not getting really any better when they sit on the treadmill for 45 minutes to an hour. It just puts their body in a catabolic state, which means their body breaks down, as opposed to the short bursts of highly intense exercise, which CrossFit can do for you. That puts the body in an anabolic state. It stimulates the secretion of the growth hormone, so your body kind of builds up. And so that's kind of what CrossFit does for you in a nutshell. Uh, If you are a little afraid of CrossFit, you can start with interval training at home. Interval training you might have heard of, which is just, again, these short bursts of high-intense exercise. Sprint for 10 to 20 seconds and then walk for a minute. Sprint, walk, sprint, walk. You keep doing that Mm -hmm. about eight to nine times, you're going to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. But the whole process takes 15 minutes or less, and that's your workout for the day. It's the funniest thing seeing people come in and, you know, saying, oh, you know, I'm in good shape. I've been working out for years. And then they do a CrossFit workout and they are wiped out. <laughs> They're totally wasted. Right. <laughs> They're just not used to, to going at that high intensity for that long of a period. And when you're going all out, eight minutes is a long, long time. So people are just completely wiped out after about two or three minutes. And it's very humbling. It's very humbling. But the cool thing is CrossFit's a great community, and we all remember our first workout. We all remember the first one. And which, what was yours? Oh, the first one was uh, a buddy of mine introduced me to CrossFit, and it was four rounds. We had to do these uh, things called thrusters, dumbbell thrusters. So with the dumbbell, I did a squat and then pressed that dumbbell up overhead, and then we had to run about 100 meters and come back and do push-ups and sit-ups. And I'm telling you, this was actually at a, uh, a big gym. I was a personal trainer at the time at that gym. So here I am thinking I'm in great shape, and I was almost dead last. There were a couple people uh, behind me, but it wiped me out. And it was just an eye-opener because I thought I was in shape. I thought that all the workouts that I was doing in the past actually got me in shape, but they really did nothing for me. Uh, I, I just noticed 
Yeah, and actually, can I go into how why I started CrossFit? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I feel like I'm rambling on here. No, no. Um, this is this is fascinating. But uh, let me just say first sure. of all, like um, most people are not going to do a thruster right. <laughs> for their first Absolutely. workout. Um, exactly. So yeah, I kind of want to get into a little bit later. Um, you know how to kind of ease your way into CrossFit and. It, just do what you want to do. You know, never think that this is something that, you know, oh, I go to the gym, they're going to make me do this and that. No, if you're not comfortable with it, you don't have to do it. Yep. Yeah. So I started off doing adventure races. And adventure races are kind of like an off-road triathlon. And I was getting beat up by them. They were exhausting me. They were wearing me out. I thought that's just the way it was, though. Uh, you're out there for eight hours um, during the day, you know, running, uh, mountain biking, kayaking, that sort of thing. And by the end of those eight-hour races, I was exhausted. So during the winter is when I first discovered CrossFit. And again, it was my friend that introduced me. And I started doing CrossFit exclusively during the winter. And I stopped training for adventure races. So when spring came around next time, I was kind of worried. I'm like, oh, boy, I haven't been training at all during the wintertime. I'm going to get killed out there. But I started noticing that my times were ha- actually improved. And my endurance had improved. So that's the biggest misconception about CrossFit is that when you start training these eight-minute workouts, that your endurance is just going to go downhill and it's going to ruin your marathon time or your 5K time. But the complete opposite is true. If you want to be a better distance runner, uh, distance athlete, endurance athlete, you need to start doing CrossFit because it works on all of your systems. Whereas if you just do endurance training, that's all you're working on is endurance. CrossFit works on endurance. It works on stamina. It works on speed, strength, obviously, agility, quickness. So it works on all of these things. And that's why it's becoming so popular. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great that that had that kind of effect on your own training. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, know your food with Wardy, Ganalfglins, we're all about traditional foods and the traditional lifestyle. So, you know, CrossFit is this new modern, you know, uh, field of athletics, yes. but, um, speak to us about how it's actually a good match for the traditional lifestyle. Right. And, and the funny thing about CrossFit is it is new, but it's really not because mm-hmm. all of the movements that we do are old, like kettlebell movements. I mean, these are Russian movements from the 1930s and 1940s. It's just, it's taken a few people to kind of bring everything together as CrossFit. So that's, what's kind of neat about it is everything's brought together. And what I love about CrossFit is that we really have adopted more of a traditional lifestyle uh, in in terms of paleo. Paleo has gotten really, really big among the CrossFit community. And of course, with paleo, we we just speak in terms of eating what our ancestors used to eat. Basically, if it wasn't around 10,000 years ago, then we don't want to be eating it. Um, I come from more of a Weston A. Price approach where I'm big into dairy, I do grains as well. Uh, But that's what's nice is about CrossFit. You're not shunned if you don't do paleo or anything like that. Um, I think paleo certainly has its issues as well. Now that's becoming mainstream because you you just hear all of these paleo brownies, paleo cookies, and all this stuff start popping up. The problem with that is it's it's still sugar. You're adding a lot of maple syrup, a lot of honey, or whatever uh, paleo sweetener you want to add. And it's still just a lot of sugar. And so people are eating these things thinking that it's healthy for them. Um, you know, I think the whole point of paleo to begin with was really just an elimination diet. 
that you do for about 30 days and then you start incorporating things back in to see if your body is actually sensitive to those uh, mm. different things like dairy, like grains. But, you know, of course, there are going to be extremists and everything and, and just be strict paleo, which is not bad. I'm not I'm not knocking paleo. I think it is an amazing place to start. Um, and again, that's why I really like CrossFit and paleo, kind of that traditional way of eating, because it has made that traditional way of eating more mainstream. It has made paleo more mainstream. And let's be honest, paleo is a, a lot healthier than most of the diets that are out there anyway. So I always tell people, you know, start on paleo. It's a great place to start. But then notice your body. If you're still having issues, well, then we're going to have to address those as well by adopting other diets and certainly the traditional type because paleo may not necessarily, I guess, uh, take into account the soaking of uh, grains. Of course, you don't want to do grains anyway, but like raw milk, it doesn't necessarily take into account the traditional uh, ways to prepare foods. It takes into account just what we used to do. Just the ingredients pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I, I should have mentioned quality, I guess. It doesn't really take into account the quality, quality either. It is a little <laughs> bit more, which is great. The emphasis is becoming more and more, more on grass-fed, pasture-raised. Uh, and that's kind of the, that's what I really focus on is getting your foods the best quality that you can get and prepare it the best way that you can. It's going to be different for everybody. You know, we all, we're all in a different place in our lives, but certainly we do the best that we can do. Right. And I think it's so important because um, if I was going to pull anything out of what you've said, it's, mm. it's that you're really after the point instead of the rules, you know, like right. so many who follow modern paleo, which it's not modern, but the modern mm -hmm. paleo diet is highly focused on ingredients. That's my, yeah. my take on it. But the point of it is more um, the well, eating habits it. and the seasonality. And I mean, the whole yes. picture, the quality of the ingredients, the way they were prepared. Mm -hmm. um, but then also we got to throw into there your personal needs. Like I think paleo is fantastic if people yes. need gut healing. Yes, um, absolutely. I, but I don't, I don't know that we need to like totally eliminate traditionally prepared grains, you know, like sourdough bread, if, you know, your gut is healthy. So that's where knowing the point, the philosophy, right. um, and then and taking yourself into account can really help you find the perfect thing mm -hmm. for you. Absolutely. And I often tell people, you know, or I ask them, are you doing paleo just to do paleo or are you doing paleo to be healthy? <laughs> and I think that's the big difference right there is that I know a lot of people that are doing paleo just for the sake of doing paleo. And they're the ones that are eating all of these, uh, you know, the brownies and the cookies and all these different foods that still are not going to be that good for you because they're highly processed still. Whereas I think somebody that is not necessarily doing paleo, but having a traditionally prepared sourdough bread is going to be better off than somebody that is doing paleo, strict paleo. But having all of this uh, coconut flour bread and brownies and things like that, that again, come from highly processed flours and things like that. Mm -hmm. And especially the sweeteners, which you pointed out. I mean, right. maple syrup may be on the paleo list, mm -hmm. but the quantity in which it's eaten is not <laughs> right. on the paleo Absolutely. list. <laughs> right. And those are the people that are doing paleo just for the sake of, of doing paleo. Paleo, yeah. yeah. So in your work, you it sounds like you're not only... Um, 
working with people fitness, but you're also working with them nutritionally. Is that true? I, I try. Yes, I try. <laughs> it's up to them whether they want to listen to me or not. Yeah. Uh, but again, this is another thing that I really like about CrossFit is that that community aspect. So a lot of people find it easier to just start working out than to completely change their dietary habits. Yeah. So if we get them in the door here and we start them working out, then they're going to hook up with other people that are around here. Then in conversation start, they feel part of the community and they notice that, oh, Jim over there is, is eating this way. Maybe I can try that too. So I've seen this pattern happen so many times where people join a CrossFit gym and after about two or three months, start feeling the difference. And that's about when they start saying, hey, you know what? I'm starting to look better. I'm starting to feel better. I wonder what would happen if I actually changed the way that I eat. Hmm. So that's when they start asking me questions. That's when they start asking other members questions. You know, what can I do to eat? And the best part about it is once they get their nutrition on board, now it's sleep, stress management. Well, you know, yeah. I, I want to start going to bed or a little bit earlier instead of yeah. going out every Friday or Saturday night. So they start buying into the big picture and CrossFit yes. was just like the gateway. Kind of the catalyst, I guess. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's one thing I really appreciate about this community of, of CrossFit. You know, it, it really helps. It's so much better when you see people, you're working with people. And that's one thing I should have mentioned, sorry, that CrossFit, uh, the, it is group classes. So everyone's kind of working out together. But the best thing is you're only focused on yourself. Nobody else is Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's paying any attention to you. Right. Because they're too busy hurting too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So <laughs> it's really nice that everyone kind of you know, works together. And at the end of it, you're just like, oh man, that was tough. And it's such a great Thing to see people bonding over workouts. It's really cool because you just don't get that at these big, we call them Globo, these big monster gyms. Uh, but they just want them. They don't care if you go. In fact, they don't want you to go. They just want your money to pay every month hmm. and then for you not to show up. But inevitably, people go to these big gyms and they walk in the door and they're not really sure what to do. So they go over to the treadmill or the elliptical and they just start going for 45 minutes and tune everybody out and put on their headphones and just go and then maybe they'll do some weights and that's it. So there's no real drive for me to go back to this place because I'm not enjoying myself. Yeah. Whereas CrossFit, most CrossFit gyms, you're going to really be enjoying yourself and you're, you're making friends for life. You really are. So talk to us about, um, I mean, I know CrossFit is so popular now, but mm -hmm. it, it still doesn't mean most people are doing it. And I would venture a guess right. that most people listening today either they've heard about it or they haven't heard about it at all, but almost nobody's right. probably doing it. So talk to us about at least, I'm just guessing, but you guys surprise me. <laughs> if I'm totally wrong, then send me an email <laughs> or leave a message on the show notes and say, Wardy, you are wrong. <laughs> we are. We, don't, we love CrossFit. We know it. We love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But so talking to the people that like, this is completely new to them or they've never mm -hmm. done it. So, um, how would you get started? And do you need a right. gym to get started? Great question right there because that's one of the biggest things is you don't need a gym. Uh, obviously, you know, we're a gym here. We, we would love for people to come in. What is and your gym called? Just let's Our gym is out. CrossFit Adventure. Okay. And we're actually located in Concord, California. So if you happen to be around the area, great. <laughs> if not, no big deal. Uh, actually, our head coach, is he's just started doing videos. And uh, he, he has completely changed the culture of what we do here. His name is Dave Gonzalez, and he is amazing. He is basically my passion that I have for nutrition and lifestyle. He has for proper movement patterns 
and fitness, things like that. So he started doing videos where he's recording himself uh, explaining the push-up, explaining cool. the proper way to do pull-ups because most people are doing them wrong. And so this is online, like people could check yes. out some proper yes, form and technique. Yes, it will be online okay. uh, very shortly. So we'll keep you updated with that. Yeah, please do. Uh, can't wait to get that out. But in the meantime, there are so many CrossFit gyms popping up because, as you mentioned, it is becoming very, very popular, um, which is a good thing, but it's also kind of a bad thing because once all these gyms start popping up, it is an affiliation. So it's it's not franchise, which means that we as a gym can do whatever we want to do. Um, again, that can be good, but it can also mm. be bad because you're going to get a lot of people that don't really care and they just open up a gym and they say three, two, one, go. And that's it. So the first thing to do is to seek out a CrossFit gym. Just kind of look for a CrossFit gym in your area, Google Maps or something like that. Um, chances are there are a few at this point within you know maybe a 10, 15 mile radius depending on where you're at. So my recommendation would be to actually go and just talk with the owner. Uh, some, some things that people have done to us is you just show up. Don't make an appointment to talk with them. Just show up. Don't write an email to them. Just show up because that'll give you a good indication of, you know, how much they care about you. Are they willing to spend some time with you? Are they willing to explain everything or do they just kind of want to pass you off? Um, so we've learned that we have to kind of be on our toes, you know, when people just kind of come in randomly. So the biggest thing to remember is that every gym is going to be different. What works for you may not necessarily work for a friend of yours or, or somebody else. So if you go to a gym and you're not comfortable, go somewhere else. Don't do this CrossFit thing just because somebody said, oh, it's great for you. You're going to get a great workout. You know, it, it is high intensity and people do get injured doing this. So you really have to go to a gym that you're comfortable with and you're comfortable with the trainer. So it that's that's ultimately the biggest thing is you need to be comfortable that the trainer knows what he or she is doing. Um, because like I said, it is high intensity and people do get injured doing this stuff. So we have an intro program that lasts for about a month. And so we, we require anybody that's new to CrossFit or hasn't been out much at all to go through our intro program, which like I said, lasts that, that month before they can do our regular classes. And this is where Dave kind of takes them through, um, pretty much every movement that we do in CrossFit and shows them how to do the right thing. And I think any CrossFit gym that doesn't have an intro program, be leery of, unless it's a very, very small gym and they can take the time to work with you kind of one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. or one-on-two, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but don't be, don't be turned off or intimidated if you walk in there and people are dropping weights and all that stuff. It, it can get loud in there. And I understand it can get very intimidating. But I personally have a class where I work with uh, 50 and 60-year-old women. And that's it. That's the only people we allow in our classes. And they love it. They that love the fact. That is just so cool. It's, it's awesome because I get stories all the time from them about how, you know, they're putting stuff up um, on their ceiling in the garage or something like that and, and getting stuff down and gardening and carrying, um, carrying pails full of things. And it's so neat to hear the real-world applications Mm -hmm. to things that normally you wouldn't think these people would be doing this kind of work, mm -hmm. but they're out there doing it. And it's so, so humbling, I guess, to hear that, knowing that, you know, you had a, a hand on helping them to live just a normal lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really neat. So anybody can do CrossFit. 
anybody. And I mean, if you're going through rehab, anything, you can do CrossFit. You just have to be very careful to find somebody that resonates with you, that really understands your needs and will take the time to focus on you. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and you had mentioned about whether you actually need to do it or whether you actually need to go to a gym. I don't think you do. You can do all of these, um, all these movements at home. And it's that interval training that I was talking about earlier. If you just set up a timer and just start working for 20 seconds on, 10 seconds rest, that sort of thing, you're going to be gassed in four yeah. to five minutes. You're going to be exhausted. Just make sure that you do at some point get the proper training as to proper movement. That's, right. That's kind of the biggest thing, yeah. Maybe I'll share what we have done. First of all, I want mm. to say that we're not 100% CrossFit. <clears throat> My husband has been following fitness his whole life, so mm -hmm. he kind of um, he's open-minded, willing to change, and mm -hmm. just learns from a lot of things. So we, we have um, turned to shorter workouts, high-intensity but I, I personally haven't worked up to like as intense as probably I would in a gym. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're just always watching YouTube videos and, and my husband just, because he, I think he's a lot like you. He's very familiar with the body and form mm -hmm. and all that. So he can tell when somebody's good. So we're always, you know, maybe not at a gym from a trainer, but we're always looking at people's form and teaching because nice. there's so much available online. Yes. Yes. Um, just tons. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we do watch CrossFit when it comes up. Um, last night we were watching some of the team series and, mm -hmm. you know, there was some even among the elites, we noticed some. Oh. bad form yeah oh. <laughs> like uh, that is yeah. not good for their back so don't even get me you, started yeah that. yeah <laughs> the unfortunate thing is i think you know you get that and they actually kind of i don't want to say promote bad form but a lot of the pictures you see in crossfit and things like that do have people that just frankly have bad form it may look cool but if you really good. break it down to what the body's doing it's not good and it's not good for the body. And unfortunately, that's what gets out there. Uh, and, and that's why I say you really need to trust who you're working with and know that they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's, it's unfortunate. I would, you know, we live out in the country and mm -hmm. maybe it wouldn't fit with my life. But <clears throat> honestly, I would love to get, live close to a gym and participate in the classes. I just I think the community and doing it with other people would be really awesome. Yes. And that is the fun part. And, and you mentioned kind of doing it alone. It's very hard to do that same intensity. You, you probably won't ever uh, get there, but the fact that you're doing something is, is great. And the fact that you've shortened your duration is even better. I, I think most people are overtraining and it's, it's a shame because in our society, we're kind of told if you're not seeing the results that you want to see, you have to work out longer and you have to work out more often. Yeah, I sure bought into that most wrong. of my life. Yeah. It's yeah. such a relief to undo that right. and right. see progress and then feel the freedom of not being a slave to the treadmill for an hour or exactly. you know, having to walk five or six miles, which is honestly what I used to do, walk or run five yeah. or six miles every day. And yeah. that's just a total drain, I mean, on your schedule to fit that in. Right. But right. anyway. And the walking, I mean, walking is great. I, I should have mentioned that, I guess, when I was talking about the endurance training. 
And walking pace, awesome. You can go forever. Go as long as you want to. It's not going to be breaking down your body. It's that jogging pace. If you're going at kind of a higher mm-hmm. intensity, it, it's going to wear down your body. You need to go at a very high intensity for a short period of time or just like a walking pace for a long period of time. But I, I agree with you. I mean, isn't it nice to know that really you only need to work out about three to five times a week for 20 minutes at a time? Yeah. And that's it. And that frees up time with your family. I mean, who doesn't want to spend more time with their family and doing the things that they want to do? And instead of being in the gym for an hour and a half each day, ugh, it's right. just a mess. So. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you so much, Nathan. Yes. Now it's My time pleasure. at the very end. Uh, I just know people are going to want to <clears throat> connect with you, learn from right. you. Okay, so tell us about your podcast and tell us about right. where people can find you online. Sure. So as I mentioned, uh, we're at CrossFit Adventure, which is CrossFitAdventure.com. And that's kind of my day job, so to speak. That's uh, that's what pays the bills, I guess. And I recently opened up the podcast that you had mentioned. It's uh, it's not really a business, I guess. It's just kind of me getting out there and just spreading information uh, at this point. At some point, I'll probably figure out a way to monetize it. But right now, I just I have such a passion for sharing education with people. I, I just want to educate people to give them, you know, the knowledge that they need to get true health. And so that's why I named it Rethink True Health. And you can find that at RethinkTrueHealth.com. And that's where I have my podcast uh, where I just started doing interviews. And really I do tips of the week. Every week I have another tip uh, that you can start doing and start incorporating into your life. I have a Motivational Monday where I kind of do a quote or a poem that I, I use to help people get them motivated for the week. And then I also do kind of a media club where I find a video or a book that I like and just kind of review that. So right now I've got about four podcasts coming out per week, which is certainly keeping me busy. But yes. as I mentioned, it's just I'm so passionate about this stuff. And really, I just want to give people the energy and the vitality that they need to then find their own spiritual gifts and their own passions so that they can live out those passions and live out their spiritual gifts. I just think what what an amazing place this world would be if everybody had the energy and vitality to live their own spiritual gifts. I think that would be cool. That's a fantastic purpose. And thank you so much for sharing that vision with us today. Um, Definitely. It's been enlightening, encouraging, and just fun. And I want to tell everyone, um, I've got links to everything Nathan mentioned at the show notes. You can find that at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 87, because this is episode 87. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you so much, Wardy. I really appreciate you having me on here today. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. 
While you're there, please do leave a rating or review. I love to get them, love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.